Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. We're going to get into the Word of God. You know, today we are going to start a brand new sermon series uh, called No Regrets, Living Life to the Fullest. And the title of today's message is Make It Count. Turn to your neighbor and say, Make It Count. Make it count. Make it count. So, you know, as, as a year ends and a new year is beginning... You know, me personally, I often like to look back and, and, and reflect on the year. I think about the, the challenges that I've, I've had. I think about some of the adversity, some of the situations and problems that, that I may have faced. And I often like to think back of where I started and, and see where I am now. You know, I'll think also about some of the opportunities that I took advantage of and, and some of the opportunities maybe that, that I, I might have, have missed. You know, and, and I can't help but think how, how those things might have been different if I would have not missed those opportunities or maybe I would have just have prepared myself more, studied more, prayed more, you know, uh, given more of, of an effort. Like maybe if I would have just just done that much more, I, I may not have missed out on some of the things that God wanted to bring in, into, uh, in, in my life, you know. I, I think about those, those opportunities, you know. And, and I've always have loved the feeling of entering a brand new year. You know, for me, entering a, a new year always seems to bring uh, excitement. It gives me like, like a, a renewed energy because I believe that a new year brings new opportunities. Yes, it can bring new opposition, but I like to focus not on the opposition, but I like to focus on the new opportunities. It's almost like we are being given a clean slate, a, an opportunity to do a do-over, an opportunity to reinvent ourselves or, or even better ourselves, better our, our situation, get, get closer to God, get closer as a family. This new year is going to present you with amazing opportunities to, to do life and to do life better. That's why I want this year to be the year that we make it count. You know, if you think about it, you this year in 2024, you will have 52 weeks, 366 days. This is a leap year. You will have, someone got excited about the leap year. You will have 8,784 hours, 527,040 minutes this year. Don't be telling me, Pastor, I don't have time. Think about it. You are going to have 8,784 hours in 2024 to get something done. To get some, to, to do something, to do, to do something different. And, and, and I believe that is what God has put on my heart for you and for Access Church this year. Let's make the most of, of 2024. I want to encourage you to determine even now to end 2024 with no regrets. I want you to purpose in your heart and your mind to take advantage of every moment, of every opportunity that God will 
be giving you this year to live your life to the fullest. John 10, 10 says that Jesus came so that you might have life and have life more abundantly. You know, and, and I don't want to end 2024 thinking about what we could have, what we would have or should have done. Let's end 2024 with no regrets. When we stand at the cusp of 2025 and we begin to look back over the course of the year, I want you to be able to stand there and say, you know what? I have no regrets. I made, I, I took advantage of every opportunity. I, I did what everything that was in my will and in my power to make a difference in my life. This is the year that I'm going to make it count. You know, I was thinking about that word regret, and let's get all the no regrets jokes out of the way, okay? All right, let's just put it to the, yeah, I know you're already thinking no regrets. Yes, okay. But when we think about that, that word regret, regret is, is a powerful emotion, Regret is something that, that can cause you to get stuck or, or, or become stagnant, like just to not be able to move forward because regret will always get you to look back look back. And then that's one of the things that God has been dealing with me is that we, we got to stop looking back so that we can look forward. But regret is such a powerful emotion. And the reality is, is that most people live and die with regrets. I came across an article not too long ago uh, by that this, it was an article regarding Bronnie Ware, who was an Australian nurse who spent several years working in palliative care. And she would care for patients in the last 12 weeks of their lives. And as she was caring for this patient, these patients, she, she recorded their dying epiphanies in a blog called Inspiration and Chai, which gathered so much attention that she put her observations into a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Where writes of the phenomenal clarity of vision that people would gain at the end of their lives and how we might learn from their wisdom. She writes, when questioned about any regrets they had or anything that they would do differently, she says that common themes would surface again and again. So I'm going to give you the top five regrets of the dying as witnessed by Bronnie Ware. Number one, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Imagine that. There you are at the end of your life. You, you see the, the finish line just ahead, and you are, are sitting in this position regretting that you didn't live a life that was true to yourself, that you were always trying to live up to someone else's standard, to someone else's expectation, to someone else's uh, belief of what, of what you should be and could be. How exhausting and how tiring it would it be to get at the end of your life and realize that you haven't been true to yourself. This is what she says. She says, this was the most common regret of all. 
when people realize that their life is almost over and look back clearly on it, it is easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even a half of their dreams and had to die knowing that it was due to choices that they had made or not made. You know what? I want 2024 to be a year where you live true to yourself. Let it be a year that you begin to passionately pursue your purpose, a year where you begin to passionately pursue your dream. Maybe God God has been moving you to start a business, to start a YouTube channel, to do a vlog, to, to maybe write a journal. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, whatever it is that God has been stirring in your heart to do, to invest more time in your marriage, to invest more time in your children. Maybe it's to go back to school. Let me tell you, whatever it is, 2024 is the best year to get that started. To do something, to step out. So that when you get to the end, you do not live a life of regret. The second regret, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. She writes, this came from every male patient that I nurse. They missed their children's youth and their partner's companionship. Women also spoke of this regret, but as most were from an older generation, many of the female patients had not been breadwinners. But all of the men I nursed deeply regretted, regretted spending so much of their lives on the treadmill of a work existence. Now, some of y'all need to get to work, okay? But for the rest of y'all, <laughs> the rest of y'all, Think about it for a moment. We spend so much time at work, slaving away, pursuing possessions, pursuing material, ma material things that we are sacrifice sacrificing, spending quality time with our family, with our loved ones, and with our friends. Imagine getting to the end of your life saying, man, I gave the best that I had to my work and not to God, and not to my family. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Now, I, I know it's become popular today to use the whole term. I'm just going to keep it real. Like, I'm going to keep it 100. And what people have done today is that they use that as an opportunity to tell you off, right? I'm just going to keep it I'm just keeping it real. I'm just, no. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about having critical and crucial conversations. Be, talking the truth, but always speaking the truth in love. Don't let things go unsaid. You know, if, if uh, oftentimes we're, we're, we're afraid of confrontation. Oftentimes we're afraid to, to, to get into that, that crucial conversation because we don't know where it's going to lead. But, but how exhausting and how fatiguing would it be to get to the end of your life and not having expressed how you feel. You know, when you truly express your emotions and your feelings with those that you love and those that you you care for and those that care for you you know what it's going to bring you closer it's going to bond you it's going to create an even stronger uh, intimate relationship a, a stronger bond so this is one thing that I want you to begin to do begin to express your feelings more openly but remember it's not an excuse to tell people off whether you try to do it on Facebook or Instagram okay it's all the same. This is what she writes. Many people suppress their feelings in order to keep peace with others. As a result, they settled for a mediocre existence and never became who they were truly capable of becoming. 
Many developed illnesses relating to the bitterness and resentment that they carried as a result. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. This is what she writes. Often they would not truly realize the full benefits of old friends until their dying weeks, and it was so, and it was not always possible to track them down. Many had become so caught up in their own lives that they had let golden friendships slip by over the years. There were many deep regrets about not giving friendships the time and effort that they deserved. Everyone misses their friends when they are dying. Let this be a year we do not let our friendships die. Let this be a year that we invest in those that we love and those that we care for. Let this be a year that, that we go out for coffee. Let this be a year where we make plans for lunch rather than say, we need to get together. And you both say, yes, we do, but you never put a date. Right? Or is that just me? Does that, I know that doesn't happen to y'all, or is that just me? Yeah, we need, to, we need to get together soon. Yeah, you know what? I want to encourage you. Take every moment and every opportunity when you're in that moment and say, okay, get your phone out, get your calendar out. Let's set the date and set the time. Number five, I wish that I had let myself be happier. Now, she writes, this is a surprisingly common one. Many did not realize until the end that happiness is a choice. They had stayed stuck in old patterns and habits. The so-called comfort of familiarity overflowed into their emotions as well as their physical lives. Fear of change had them pretending to others and to themselves that they were content when deep within they longed to laugh properly and have silliness in their life again. You know what? In 2024, let's laugh more. Tell your neighbor, in 2024... Let's laugh more. Let's get silly. Let's be goofy. Let's make the choice to be happy. It sounds like a sermon series we did about joy not too long ago. I'm just saying. So as I began to think about, about regret, you know, regret can be a, 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 you know, it can be tormenting. You know, when, when you focus on the things that you missed out on, when you, you, you look back and, and you, you look at those opportunities, those moments, maybe you see your children, you know, growing up so fast. One day you're dropping them off in kindergarten and now you're preparing for graduation or you're preparing, preparing to see them off, off to college. How, how quickly time flies, you know, and when you live with regret, it can be so tormenting. You know, you, you can't go back or change or, 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 or relive those moments and as I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me for, uh, with this for this year, I was reminded about the words that an older Paul was writing to a much younger Timothy. And here Paul is writing, he's now older, he has lived his life, and he knew that his death was imminent. And here he is now at an age where, where he truly knew what was valuable and what was important. And this is what he writes, 2 Timothy 4, 6 and 8, he says, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. 
Now imagine Paul here telling Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. Therefore, I have no regrets. Paul is telling you what? I've done everything that was given to me to do. I took advantage of every opportunity, of every moment. And here I am now at the end of my life, at the end of my race, at the end of my ministry. He's telling this young Timothy, this is what I did. And therefore, I can look back and know that I left it all out on the field. I gave everything I had. I'm sitting here in my old age at the end of my life with no regrets. And I believe that this is what he is telling Timothy. I want you to do the same. I, I, and, and, and I think that this is what the Holy Spirit is telling me and telling us. Let's lay it all on the line in 2024. Let's take advantage of every moment, of every opportunity to be who God has called us to be and to do what God has called us to do. See, when we get to the end of, uh, of 2024, when we're standing on December 31st of 2024, we will never get that year back. It will be the only opportunity we have to make that year count. So I want to encourage you to determine and decide now to let's make it count. Now, in order to do that, the first thing you have to do is you have to deem and determine what is truly important, what truly matters. You know, as I read the list of regrets above, you know what stood out to me was that the root of all regret was investing time and resources in things that weren't truly important. Investing time, valuable time and resources in, in things that really didn't matter. And, and, and I think that as I've, I've come to this very young age of 35. Really? <laughs> I expected it from this side, but not from this side. Wow. I'll just stay here in the middle. You know, one of the things that I, I, I've come to learn is that nothing is more valuable than time. Time with God, time with family, and time with friends. And as I read that list, they talked about not working so hard, which means that they sacrifice valuable time with, with people. They, value, they sacrifice valuable time, you know, with, with friends and family. They, they, they sacrifice valuable times doing things that, that really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scope of, of life. There they were. They were investing valuable time and resources and talents and things that weren't truly valuable. And as I mentioned earlier, Paul is telling Timothy, at the end of my life, I've come to learn what is truly valuable. See, we waste so much time pursuing things, pursuing possessions, positions, recognition, followers, notoriety. We, we're pursuing the, the new car, the bigger house, you know, the, the name brand clothes. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that it is wrong to desire nice things for you and your family. I, I want those things. I want those things for my, my sons, for my children. But what I am saying is that it is wrong when you sacrifice sacrifice what is truly important in the pursuit of those things. After, the, after all, the only thing that you will be able to take you to heaven when you die will be your family and your friends. 
everything else that you have strived for, everything else that you have worked for, it's going to stay behind. And that's what Jesus was trying to tell us and caution us in Matthew 6.33. He said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. This is a priority mandate. God is saying, if you make me first, if you put me first in your life, then everything else is going to come into alignment. You're not going to have to pursue the possessions. You're not going to have to pursue the positions. God is saying, if you choose to put me first, if you seek me first above all else, I'll, I'll do the work in your marriage. I'll do the work in your family. I'll do the work in your health, in your finances. This is the power of priority. Priority. When you put God first, he says, I will take care of everything else in your life. See, we must value the eternal over the temporal. We must value the heavenly over the earthly. And as a matter of fact, us as parents, we should procure to leave a legacy and inheritance of faith more than just an earthly inheritance. We should make sure that our children are more familiar with the names of God than the latest brand names of shoes or clothing. And that's why Jesus says in Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Also, in other words, whatever you value, that's where you're going to be. That's where you're going to spend your time. I love the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases this in the Message Bible. He says, don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. So whatever you value, whatever you determine and deem is important, that's where you're going to be. That's where you're going to spend your time. And oftentimes we talk, we ask, well, what are your priorities? Well, family, my kids, God, faith, all those things are important. But if we look at our schedules and our calendars, if we look at our pocketbooks, it shows a completely different scenario, a completely different story. But the reality is that whatever, wherever, or whomever you find valuable, that is where you will be. So the first step this year, as I close, in making it count is to determine what is truly valuable and important and be there. Be there. Be, be there in the moment. Be there in the moment. Whether it's dinner time with your family, whether it's your, your son or your daughter's football game, softball game, basketball game, their cheer or dance competition, be there. What, wherever you do determine I am going to be there. How many of you know that you can be in the place and not be there? You can be in the relationship and not be there. You can be in, in, in a parental relationship and not be there. If we are going to make it count, we've got to determine to be present and be there. You know what? You're never going to get 2024 back. Well, 2023 doesn't matter how hard you try, how hard you look back. 
I don't know how you ended 2023 with regret. Maybe there's things that you wish you would have done differently. Maybe opportunities you wish you would have taken advantage of. There's nothing that we can do about 2023. But we can determine and decide now to take advantage of 2024. Look at what Paul says in the beginning to Timothy. This is so powerful to me. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. My life has already been poured out. What, what is Paul telling Timothy? He's like, I've given everything that I have. I have nothing else to give. I've given everything that I have. I have nothing else. To, I, I, I've poured out. I've poured all of my strength. I've poured out all of my faith. I've poured out all, all of my, my talent, my treasure. I've poured out all of my time. I gave, it, I gave it all to God. I put God first in my life. And I'm standing here at the end of my life, at the end of, of, of my race. And I'm telling you, Timothy, that I've poured it out. And so what I want you to do in 2024, whatever it is, I want you to pour it out. I want you to determine now, you know what? I'm going to end 2024 empty. And I know you say, Pastor, end it empty. Why would I want to end it empty? You know why? Because when you end it empty, then he can come back and fill you all up again. And every time God fills you up again, he increases your capacity. He gives you more. That is the principle. It says you give and he will give back to you pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So if you determine to give 2024, to pour it out, whatever it is, this, this analogy, you know, that, that you're, you're there, say, whatever it is, God, I'm not going to hold anything back in 2024. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to give everything that I have so I live with no regrets. See, one of the things that I've come to understand is that where I am in my life today, where I am in my ministry today, is nothing more than the result of the decisions that I have made in my life up to now. If I want a different result, then I must do things differently. I believe it was Albert Einstein who famously said that the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. If we're going to make it count in 2024, we've got to be willing to do things differently. We've got to be willing to change things up. We've got to be willing to get outside of our comfort zone. And I'm telling you this prophetically because there are big changes coming to Access Eagle Pass that are probably going to make us a little bit uncomfortable. But if we do not change the things that we need to change then we will get the same result. And I don't know about you. I don't want the same. The Bible says that God will take us from glory to glory. And I want more in 2024. But let me tell you, we're not going to be able to do it alone. We need everyone to pitch in and say, you know what? We're going we're gonna to transform this city. We're going to transform this community. Not because we don't think that there are other churches out there or because we're better than other churches, even though we are on the down low. My humble opinion. 
It's not that. It's because I believe that there are still other people that need what God has given us. And so as we prepare, like I said, I'm, I'm this close to letting it out of the back, but I can't, of some exciting things that are coming up for us at Access Church. But if we want a different result, we're going to have to do things differently. We're going to have to pour it out. We're going to have to step up, get out of our comfort zone. We're no longer going to be able to come and just sit, sing, and listen to a sermon. We're going to have to get up and serve. Amen? Put a hand to the plow. No more spectators. Amen? We're going to do things differently because God's got more for us in 2024. Are you ready to make it count? Will you stand? Lord, we just love you and we thank you today. God, I pray that you would give us the spiritual strength and stamina and the fortitude to pour it out, to, to, to pour out our life, God, to do everything that's within our will and within our power to do so that we can glorify your name, so that we can make your name great, so that we can do everything that you've called us to do, God. Lord, I pray that, God, today that you would just continue to move in our lives. That you will continue to give us what we need as we focus on you to live our life to the fullest and tap into and access all that you have for us this year. God, we determine now to end 2024 with no regrets to pour it out to lay it all on the line that you can be glorified in us and through us in Jesus name Amen Thank you for joining us and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry without you none of this is possible if you like this podcast please like and subscribe and share it on social media Thank you for listening. God bless you.